Welcome back to the Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, the Waiver Wire Podcast Edition here, recording as we are midway through the fantasy playoffs. We're heading to, well, I guess for some, it depends on the kind of league you have, Matt. Of course, Matt Marchese alongside me, Show Ali. And I I guess in my league, we have a two-week championship final. So in one of my leagues, I should say, my quote-unquote home league. So week 16 is week one of the championship final. Uh, but for most leagues, week 16 is actually the semifinals. So I'm going into the semis in one league. I had a bye this past week. And uh, let me tell you, Matt, this league I am going to be missing in a 2QB league, okay? I'm going to be missing Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and Jonathan Taylor. They all got injured. So I'm I'm thinking, I'm not thinking that despite having a 10 and four record after 14 weeks, I'm not, I'm not so sure about the chances for this one. Yeah, that those are, uh, those are some big blows uh, as you head into um, what, what I actually think is a very interesting way to do um, the playoffs, but it was, it was not a pretty week for for injuries. Ooh. Like we knew about the Kyler stuff going into last week, and now there's a very good chance. It sounds like that Jalen Hurts is is not going to be under center for the Philadelphia Eagles. And man, you look at, I mean, the the guy that's going to be the next man up if in fact he does get there walks into a pretty good situation. But are we ready to start him in the? fantasy playoffs man it's a tough one and the jonathan taylor news i mean it does sound like they're going to shut him down for the rest of the year because the cold season's done i mean if you blow a 33 point lead at any point in the season you should just fold up and just call it a year um which the colts did or at least should have done and now with jonathan taylor out i mean it's the you never want to see a star player get hurt um but if there was a worse time it is probably right now because in most leagues, like I know a, a bunch of dynasty leagues and, and a couple that I'm in, there's no trade deadline. So you can try and recoup some assets. Like you can trade Jonathan Taylor um, for assets that can help you win right now. If you think that's, what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, um, it's, it literally is the worst time to lose a star because in, in many leagues, in most cases, you can't go out and acquire talent, which is why you listen to this show so that we can give you a hand in trying to make up for some of those losses. Exactly. And of course you mentioned the two, probably the two biggest question marks for situations going into, uh, going into week 16 in the NFL. And and like you said, it was an absolutely topsy turvy week. A lot of crazy finishes. Honestly, I did not. Uh, I, I, after the, after the Jags, walked off the Cowboys with a pick six in overtime. I did not think we would see a wilder game. And then the Patriots did that thing against the Raiders and Bill, Bill Belichick walked off the field. And I honestly was not sure if Jacoby Myers was going to live to see the next day. Honest to God, I wasn't, I wasn't 1000% sure that Bill Belichick was going to commit homicide right there in the Raiders visiting locker room. I'm, so I'm watching that game, and uh, my buddy's over, and he's not a big football guy. Right. So we're watching the game, and I have a parlay that includes the Steelers, which had already won, the Bengals, who had just come back against the Bucks, uh, the Chargers to cover three points, which ended up being a push, 
and the Patriots on the money line because Bill Belichick <laughs> against Josh McDaniels. I mean, of course. And they score the, the touchdown. Keelan Cole scores it. And I'm like, that's not a touchdown. He was out of bounds. So there's one part. Then the Patriots get the ball back. And I have Ramondre Stevenson in the in one of the leagues that I'm in the playoffs. And he goes off and breaks off this huge run. I'm like, well, whatever. I can use the points because this is going into overtime. And if the Patriots get the ball, Ramondre Stevenson's going to run all over the, the Raiders, which he had already done to the tune of like, 170 yards or whatever it was. And then I see this play unfolding and I'm like, first of all, why did Ramondre Stevenson lateral back? Secondly, I see Jacoby Myers running back and I'm like, what's he doing? Like, just go down, man. (laughs) And he throws the ball and my jaw literally hit the ground and I'm watching this unfold. I'm like, why did they do that? What, what, why did they do that? Like they must not have known what the score was. And so it happens. And my buddy looks at me. He wasn't even paying attention at the time. He goes, hold on a second. Did he just throw it to the other team? I'm like, he sure did. And then they scored a touchdown. He tried to and throw now it the to game's Mac over. Jones of all people. Like you're not even throwing it to like another wide receiver. You're trying, like, you're throwing it to Mac Jones who I, what do you think this guy, this is the guy who's going to run 60 yards for the touchdown. Like, well, and, come and on. not only that, somebody said, that t- the Chandler Jones, it wasn't a stiff arm on Mac Jones. It was a burial <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. Like that. Oh, I was like, goodness. what's Mac Jones going to do against Chandler Jones? Are, is this real life right now? And then when he scored, I'm like that, that could be the Patriots season right there. Yeah. Like they may not make the playoffs because of that play and Jacoby Myers, who I love. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, at, to his credit, he owned up to it and said it was like the dumbest thing. And he, he took all the blame, but uh, that they were even lateraling with the game tied. Like it wasn't as though they were going to lose this game. Had, had like, had he gotten tackled or something? It wasn't like if the ball was just a dead ball, the game would have gone to overtime. Like they they were going to lose on the basis of that play, unless that exact thing happened. And uh, yeah, that's going to be like, we're here, we're here near the end of 2022, Matt. They're already compiling the uh, like the blooper reels. Like at Sportsnet, they do like the misplays of the month. And I'm sure they're going to do like the misplays of the year with Emily Agard. But I got to tell you, the our, our pals on, on the TV side are probably like, they saw that happen the other day. And we're like, we got like recut the whole thing. Number one is going to be this. Like that's yeah. got to be the thing that plays because that's going to like, that's going to be on the blooper reels forever. Like in the same way, remember like the, the um the uh, well not anymore they weren't called this then but the commanders but that franchise the washington franchise they had that swinging gate play do you remember that from a couple of years ago and then they also had from another a lot also come a couple of years ago and uh, the patriots were involved on the other side of this but when the colts ran when pat mcafee was there and like the colts ran the play where like McAfee had the ball and then the guy, the long snapper oh, like yeah. snaps to him. And like, there was nobody on the ball and he snapped on like fourth down and he snapped and he gets tackled. Like that was, I, to this day, that is one of the like most made fun of plays. Honestly, the Jacoby Myers lateral to no one. And Chandler, I know of course Chandler Jones to add insult to injury. It's Chandler Jones, a former Patriot uh, is the guy who gets the ball and returns it for a TD. Like that is going to live forever. Honestly, it'll live forever. It, like again you're watching this unfold and you're like this isn't happening right like it was like a really bad (laughs) like it was the ending to a college game but it made no sense because i I, i'm convinced that in ramondre stevenson's mind because 
I, I kind of blame Ramondre Stevenson for all this, right? Because he's the guy who makes the first lateral. So I wonder if Ramondre Stevenson in his mind thought, oh, well, we're down, so I've got a lateral back. And then Jacoby Myers in his head, like in a snap moment goes, wait a second, are we losing? Oh my God, I got to throw this ball away. Like we, we need to score a touchdown here because yeah. we need to get like, I, I could, I could not believe it. Like it's one thing to see it on the highlights, but when you see it live and you're watching it unfold in front of your eyes and you're going, I, I literally looked and I said, that didn't just happen. It didn't. I, my <laughs> eyes are deceiving me here. That didn't just happen. And sure enough, it happened. Oh, it happened. Yeah, that happened. I mean, I mean look, I, I wasn't super bullish on the Patriots playoff chances anyways, because I think they closed the season with Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. I think that's how the season ends. So it's like those could do, that's probably like three straight losses, right? So yeah, good I, luck. Yeah. Like for any team, much less a struggling Patriots team would have a, a tough time with that schedule. So I'm not, I wasn't super bullish, but I do think that if anything, that probably puts the nail in the coffin of, of some of the coaches, I would imagine not perhaps not Bill Belichick, but probably like everyone else. But anyways, that was, hey, that was a, a remarkable game in the worst possible way. But Hey, I mean, like you said, remind Ray Stevenson, fantasy wise, fantastic. I'm glad we told people we told on the text line. I know I say I have like one example every week when we do the waiver wire pod, but that we had essentially a whole ton of people come in and say, should we start Ramondre Stevenson? Should we take the chance to start Ramondre Stevenson? And you know, we, t- we told a lot of people to take the chance and I'm glad we did. Cause he had a monster game. Well, it was Ramondre Stevenson versus DeAndre Swift in some cases. Yeah, yeah. He outscored him by double. Now, I will say, show, um, I kind of wish that I had thought about my lineups in some leagues because the Tyler Huntley decision killed Ooh. me. Yeah, I started him over Jared Goff, who still finished with like 14 points. And then I started Rashad White because Rashad White was getting all the snaps for Tampa Bay. And they were, you know, up. So Rashad White's going to get more carries. And then they were down. But, hey, Rashad White can catch the ball. And I started him over DeAndre Swift. And now I am out of said playoffs <laughs> because of these decisions. And what's my line always show? I didn't even follow my own advice about DeAndre Swift. If he's healthy, you have to play him. And guess what? He was healthy, and I didn't play him. Shame on me for not taking my own advice. Uh, shame on me for, well, maybe not. I was going to say for starting Jonathan Taylor, but I mean, who was really benching Jonathan you can't, Taylor? Yeah, yeah you're like, not, you're not benching. Yeah. No one was benching him. I, I mean, like, look, if you managed to overcome, I think in, in, in half or full PPR, I think he ended with around like two to three points, uh, before he went out. Cause he had a cat, he got injured, I think on a catch on the sideline. So he, uh, Hey, if you managed to overcome the Jonathan Taylor fiasco this week, then I heartily offer you my sincerest congratulations because um, I, I only survived because that team was on a bye, but I'm not super bullish about that team's chances uh, this coming week. Uh, but that does bring me to the waiver wire portion of this podcast, which of course uh, I want to start with, I guess we could start with either the Jalen hurts replacement or the Jonathan Taylor replacement, but I figure since we're on the, the Colts bend, we might as well go that way. But Dion Jackson rostered in just 7% of Yahoo leagues. And my question to you, Matt, is 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 more not is Deion Jackson going to be good because I think we know how they use him and he is he is he is factored into the passing game and so on. It's more how do you decide between Deion Jackson and Zach Moss? Well, in PPR leagues, I would suggest that Zach that that Deion Jackson is the guy that you should go out and get because in the two games that Jonathan Taylor didn't play earlier in the year, uh, where Deion Jackson was the guy before he got hurt. He had 14 catches for over 100 yards in those two games. 
And in one game, granted, he had 10 catches, and that's not going to happen. But what it shows us is that he can catch the ball. Those 14 catches came on 14 targets. 100% catch percentage is pretty good. Um, So I like him in that format. Here's the other thing. The Colts are playing the Chargers on Monday night. And I don't see a situation where Zach Moss is going to be running the ball 24 times. They ran the ball uh, between the two guys, I think, 37 times. That's just not going to happen. And while Zach Moss played the majority of the snaps, I think he played like 63 to 37 in terms of percentage. That game, for the better part of it, was in hand for the Colts, and they just tried to run out clock. I don't think they're going to be able – like, I don't see a situation where it's going to be the Colts up by 20 or 30 points. I don't think anybody foresees that happening again. So I just think game script is going to go in favor of Deion Jackson. And let's not forget that Deion Jackson had the touchdown for the Colts and it was a receiving touchdown this past week. So I like Deion Jackson better just because I think game script is, is a much, it just leans in his favor. Cause again, I don't see the Colts getting out to a 33 point lead. I don't see 33-0 in their future. Maybe down 33-0, which is great for Deion Jackson and not good for Zach Moss, but I would prioritize Deion Jackson and PPR and half PPR, and and I would probably throw a little bit more on Zach Moss um, in, in standard formats. The only thing that I will say is we've seen what Zach Moss is with when he was with the Bills. Granted, the offensive line, maybe it's a little bit better in, in run protection, but I don't see a situation where Zach Moss is lighting the world on fire here. So you're saying I should start Deion Jackson, who I have stashed on this team, if uh, Taylor well, doesn't go. Well, I mean, don't listen to me. <laughs> Look how that went. No, I, I would I would say in PPR format. It's a half PPR Deion league. Jackson, yeah, half. Yeah, in, in either one, I think that Deion Jackson is the guy that you right. should own. Again, we've seen, you mentioned it, we've seen what they've done with Deion Jackson when Jonathan Taylor is out. He's a very, very adept pass catcher. And in that offense, especially the way that it's going, like they they put up 36 points and their leading receiver had 60 yards receiving. So clearly the wide receiver is not getting it done here. They're going to need to incorporate something and that something is Deion Jackson. Yeah, I think I I think you're right. I, especially in in half or full PPR leagues, you're probably leaning Deion Jackson because they do use him a lot. He's a speedy guy. Rostered in just seven percent of Yahoo leagues, I expect that to change. Uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be another popular pickup this week. Rostered, of course, as you might imagine, in just one percent of Yahoo leagues because Jalen Hurts has been so good all year. Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, it's some ridiculous statistic. Like going back to the beginning of the 2021 season. He has, I think, as many or maybe even one more rushing touchdown than uh, Jonathan Taylor does, which is absolutely crazy considering that, you know, Hertz is a quarterback and, and Jalen, Jonathan Taylor is a, uh, is a running back. But, boy, it's been, uh, it's been a great year for Hertz. But with the uh, sprained shoulder, which he suffered this past weekend, he is going to likely miss the game against the Cowboys, which also means there's a potential he misses Week 17 as well. So if he's missing Weeks 16 and 17, you're going to be without probably one of your top players in the semis and in championship finals. So my question to you is like, you're not, are you like, are you slotting in Gardner Minshew as a one-to-one Hertz replacement? Like you can't be, I think. 
no, you can't be. But the one thing that I will say is that Gardner Minshew, especially in his rookie year, was actually pretty good. Like, he actually outperformed other rookies that year, and he was drafted in the sixth round. Here's what I will say. That year that he was with Jacksonville, that offensive line was horrible. This Eagles offensive line is very, very good. And I'm not comparing Gardner Minshew to Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is a front runner for the MVP in my estimation. Um, him and, and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, pretty close. But I think Hurts would have the edge. He just walks into a situation with a great offensive line, a very solid running game, and A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and potentially a returning Dallas Goddard. What other backup quarterback is walking into a situation like that? Well, the other guy that walked into a situation like that is Brock Purdy. And he's been, uh, you're going to hate me for the show, pretty good. Boo. <laughs> Boo. I, I, had, I had to. I had no choice. It was set up on a platter. I did it myself. Um, that's like the guy that laughs at his own jokes. Um, so I just think that Minshew walks into a situation where I don't think that 18 or 19 points is out of the question here. And at a time where there are not a lot of guys that are available at the quarterback position that are, you know, maybe not difference makers, but above average, I think that Gardner Minshew is that guy. I think that Gardner Minshew is going to have lots of time to throw. The other thing that he is very good at, he he's sneaky athletic. Like he's not, he's not Jalen Hurts, but if Gardner Minshew threw for 225 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and 35 rushing yards, I think that is very, very well within his grasp. And I think that that is exactly what you can ask for. Is Are the Cowboys a, a good defense? Sure they are. Is he going to be under pressure? Sure he is. But he's never had weapons like that. He's never had an offensive line like that. And he's never had a run game like that. So I, I think there's a situation here where Gardner Minshew walks into a really good situation and could very well be like high high end QB two, like back end QB one. And as a waiver wire pickup, I think you're more than happy with that. Yeah, well, especially the, the upside is probably much higher than other QBs in like I'd say a two QB league that you're gonna pick up at this time of year, right? Like I I bet for the most part. Like you know versus picking up like and I know he's 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 done for the season, but versus picking up like Jimmy G at some point earlier in the year, the upside might be just because of the surrounding team might be a little bit higher, but I mean, it's still going to be, it is going to be a hard sell to, uh, to say, to say to people, Hey, start Gardner Minshew against the Cowboys in your semifinal matchup. But Hey, I mean, there are probably worse options, especially in multiple, uh, multiple QB leagues. Uh, let's get to the last couple of here, last couple of waiver wire pickups here. Um, we'll get to, why don't we go to this one first? Because he's the, the next guy who is the least owned rostered in, 3% of Yahoo leagues, Marquise Goodwin. And with, with Goodwin, you know, Matt, my, my overriding memory of Goodwin is that he is just an absolute burner. Like it was, I, I feel like there was a point where Goodwin was like being discussed for being on like the, the men's track team at the Olympics. Yep. Like he was just, that's how yep. fast he is. That's crazy. Yeah. He's a, he's a burner. And I remember when he started with the bills and just watching this guy just He's just a, he's a speed demon and Tyler Lockett is out. He's had 11 targets the last two weeks. And that includes with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in the lineup. And two weeks ago, I think he had five catches for 95 yards. So 
with Tyler Lockett out, they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody other than DK Metcalf. And I mean, maybe it's Noah Fant, but Casey has, is the next man is the next matchup for um, the Seahawks. And, and we know how bad their defense has been. Like they, they allow a ton of points and especially to wide receivers. I just, I like the situation here for Marquise Goodwin and in in the game I think it was DK Metcalf missed or was it Metcalf or Lockett either one he ended up having a really good day like had a hundred yards or 90 plus yards and a touchdown like that you can't ask for better I just think this is a very matchup dependent waiver wire pickup for this week and if you if you are someone who rosters Tyler Lockett and he's out I think that Marquise Goodwin is a viable replacement as a flex play at this point in the year, just because of the matchup and because, you know, Geno Smith's been pretty good all season. So you can trust the quarterback, you can trust the offense, and you can trust that Kansas City's not going to stop a nosebleed on defense. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin. I mean, look, the 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 Seattle offense all week, or pardon me, all year has been very consistent and uh, as, as QB'd by by old Geno Smith, who, by the way, I will say also did deliver all things considered a pretty good, uh, pretty good outing for you fantasy wise against the uh, 49ers defense. So I am curious to see what it looks like going forward with, without Tyler Lockett, who is all, all but done for the season, at least for your fantasy season. So I, uh, I do like the addition of uh, of a burner in Marquise Goodwin. Um, two more to get to here. One wide receiver, one tight end. Why don't we go to the tight end? Chig Okonkwo for the Tennessee Titans, rostered in 29% of Yahoo leagues. I said this to you on Sunday, and I still stand by it. He is essentially a ma- he, like, he is a massive human. He is Derrick Henry at tight end, essentially, right? Like the guy, I, I just it feels weird to watch a guy that big move as well as he does. And yet he just does it. It almost seems like it defies normal expectations with him. And then again, you know what? Derrick Henry's on that team too. And he moves just fine. So maybe I shouldn't be so surprised. Yeah. It's just one of those things. When you have a guy that big that can move like that, he just becomes a matchup nightmare, right? Much like Derrick Henry is a matchup nightmare. And for a Conquo, 16 catches the last three weeks. And he has at least 45 receiving yards in those games. And in the three games, it's minimum five catches. The t- the tight end landscape is an absolute nightmare. Like, I thought Pat Fryermuth was in for a really good week this oh, week. Oh, man. And he had zero. So many, what like, am I, what my Sam leagues, Matt? One of my leagues, someone is going to actually lose by two points in a in a in a, they had one they had Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields and they're going to lose in this two QB league because they started Pat Fryermuth by like less than two points. That's brutal. It, yeah, that's a bad that's a bad beat. And and like catch one ball, it, one ball. Yeah, and and that didn't even happen. Uh, by the way, Deontay Johnson was really good again in that game. But anyway, um, so the the landscape is a nightmare. Try to find somebody that's consistent every week. Like if you like David and Joku, hit or miss, especially since the quarterback change. And then Pat Fryermuth throws up a zero. By the way, Evan Ingram was kind of good again. Um, what a surprise. I believe he's tight end four show. My guy, Evan Ingram, my sleeper. Uh, but he's not available anymore. But you know who is? Chigaconquo is available. And I I the, the Titans, I mean, who knows what happens with Ryan Tannehill here. So if Ryan Tannehill is not playing, because I know he's banged up with the ankle injury, then then that makes this waiver claim a little bit less enticing. But if he's playing, he looks a Conquo's way. And a Conquo is a guy, and we talked about this on the show, 
because he's so big, because he moves so well, he stretches the field and he's stretching the field going, even if he goes up against a linebacker, he's still bigger than linebackers in a lot of cases. So it's not as if like he's going to get outmatched, but his speed is what the difference is. And, and he's been really good the last three weeks. He's been the one thing that we can say about him show. And we can't say this about a lot of players at the tight end position over the last three weeks. He's been consistent. Five catches, at least 45 yards. In full PPR, that's nine and a half points. And you can't get that from a lot of tight ends on a consistent basis. You can't even get that from Mark Andrews on a consistent basis right now. Oh, yeah, man. Mark Andrews is going to finish probably outside the top five, I would imagine, based on how he is uh, he is it playing so like far it. this season. Yeah, I mean, some of it is not his fault with the QB stuff going on there, injuries and so on. But, I mean, some of, and he's been injured as well. But at the same time, I mean, you drafted Mark Andrews to be probably like, at worst Mark Andrews was drafted as the second tight end off the board, I would think. Right. So if you can get better tight end production, if you are someone who's hurting at that spot, then Hey, yeah. Chiga Conquo is, is definitely a guy to look at. Uh, the last one here before we uh, skedaddle is Elijah Moore for the New York jets rostered in 36% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, there was no Corey Davis again this past weekend. Garrett Wilson still looked good. I'm still convinced Garrett Wilson is going to end up being like the best wide receiver in this draft class, which is a crazy thing to say, considering that the other wide receivers are also very, very, very good. Like the Chris Olaves of the world and so on. But boy, I think uh, even, even beyond those options, the jets offense has looked better. I just, I, I admit I'm a little iffy on more, if only because Zach Wilson, I'm just, I'm not sold on one bit. He did have a decent game this past week and he looks like he's in line to start on Thursday against the Jags. So maybe there is something there, but I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to start Elijah Moore on Thursday, just because in the, in the semifinals of your fantasy matchup, uh, your fantasy playoff matchup, starting Elijah Moore is, I think it's, it can be a little risky. It, it all depends on how banged up you are at this point in the year, right? Like, and, and Moore has 17 targets and at least 50 yards his last two games. They're working him back into the offense. This is more of a let's kind of see what happens here because, I don't know, on the off chance that, that maybe a guy like Garrett Wilson gets hurt, then Elijah Moore kind of walks into a, a really good situation. I mean, albeit, yes, Zach Wilson's throwing him the ball, but it's the matchup for me that has me excited because it's the Jags and the Jags. I, and I know the Jets offense is not Dallas's offense, but they just gave up a ton of points. And then after that, they're going to play the Seahawks who they can be had as well. So it's a good situation. It's more of a stash at this point in the year, because let's face it. There are not, there are not very many guys that are going to be, you know, full-fledged difference makers at this point in the season that are readily available. But Moore has shown us in the past that he's a really good NFL receiver. Whatever's happened this year in New York, I have no idea. It's been a disaster. But let's not forget that he was one of the better receivers in the NFL, not just rookie receivers, but better receivers in the NFL fantasy-wise the last six games of last season. And he had Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. So, there is some room for optimism here. Am I saying run out and start him? Mm, probably not. But if you're banged up and you need like a punt flex play, I would be interested in Elijah Moore. And because I mentioned the Dallas game show, I want to get this out there um, because I'm pretty sure that you put the curse on everything about that game. <laughs> um, 
Although I called the I called the backup tight end touchdown. And if I had gotten a Dalton Schultz touchdown instead, it would have won me a lot of money on a same game parlay. So I'm pissed about that. But I'm also pissed because you called three Noah Brown touchdowns and he got two. Got two. And and one of them, I know the play exactly. They were on the two yard line and they run a, a, a play action and Dak, he bails out right. And he looks at a wide open Dalton Schultz. He looks at him <laughs> yeah, long yeah. enough for the defender to go, oh, I'm going to that guy. And then Noah Brown's wide open. I cannot tell you how pissed I was. And when I saw him get two touchdowns, I'm like, man, if he gets three, show should have bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> I know he caught the second TD and I was like, is this really happening? Like, is yeah. this happening right now? I couldn't yeah. believe it. That was that was pretty wild. I, like that game was ridiculous. Not to get too much into that, but that game was absolutely stupid. Like yeah. CD Lamb does not catch a touchdown, and neither does Dalton Schultz, and they put up 34 points. Somebody please explain this to me. Tony Pollard didn't even get a touchdown. Yeah, I think I think the only guy that most people started that did get a touchdown was Zeke, and he got. I think he got the first TD of the day, and that was it. It was just like guy was like you know the yeah. the whole that helps nobody thing. That was uh, that was that entire game after that. Essentially, people. I'm sure people who started Zeke were very pleased, but at the same time, that was yeah, that was an ugly game um, from a fantasy perspective because not a lot of people got uh, got got a lot of help. Let's say unless you started Dak and he still threw a pick to end the game, right? So I, I think ultimately, uh, yeah, that game was a had a wild ending. Trevor Lawrence. By the way, I think he said he was going to be QB five um, this past week. I'm not actually sure where he ended up, but he probably was close because he had a very good outing too. I can check that right now because uh, fantasydata.com has the updated uh, weekly points leaders. So right. as I as I look at, he was this great though. Like year. he was he was moving things around. Like he has been. I, I admit I thought he wasn't going to be quite as good, but uh, hey, against the Dallas Cowboys defense, he has been, I mean, he just looks more confident. Like ever since the Broncos game where he threw some like backbreaking interceptions, that might've been one of the international games, actually one of the uh, like nine o'clock games on the, on uh, here on the East coast, but uh, 9 a.m. my games, I should say, but he um, ever since then, he he's looked like he has made a concerted effort to take care of the ball and get the ball into the hands of his playmakers. And even Travis Etienne, who had had a couple of middling weeks, they've looked, but he's looked better as well. Trevor Lawrence, because neither Aaron Rodgers nor Baker Mayfield are going to finish as a top five quarterback because they're both horrible. Uh, QB five. Exactly. He's exactly QB five. That's that's hilarious. I'm not going (laughs) to lie though. I definitely didn't have Davis Mills at QB 11. So yeah, it was one of those. Who is QB? Who is QB one, two, three, four. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Kirk Cousins were one, two. Oh yeah, three, Kirk Cousins. Boy, that's that was yeah. After forty-three yards in the first half, go figure. <laughs> I know, right? He he is something like I mean, they all sorts of records were set in that game, but he it was something like he threw for the most yards after halftime in like the history of the NFL. That's crazy. Like, yeah, that's... Well, he threw for, he threw for four sixty in the game, which means that if he had four forty-three, uh, carry the three. Uh, 417 yards in the second half. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's, that's a wild. lot of yards <laughs> in two quarters. Oh man. Anyways, that's uh, that's pretty funny that that Trevor Lawrence finished a QB five. I guess we maybe we should have bought with the Hendershot thing and the Noah Brown thing. We maybe we should have uh 
We should we have. Missed uh, the bowl, buddy. Yeah, we, uh, we missed the bowl. I know we really did. Anyways, uh, before we go, as we discussed, Trevor Lawrence, he is going to take the field against Zach Wilson and those New York Jets on Thursday. Um, if we do a very quick start sits for this game, I think you're starting most Jets in the sense that you're starting like the the usual suspects of Garrett Wilson and probably Zonovan Knight, I would imagine, despite a pretty down day for him against the Lions. But hey, the Lions have been shutting down opposing running backs for a couple of games in a row now, so maybe not a huge surprise. But against the Jaguars, who do have an issue on defense, just generally speaking, you can probably start Garrett Wilson as a WR2. You can probably start Zonovan Knight as a lower-end RB2. And on on the Jag side of things, I mean... You're starting Trevor Lawrence, even against a tough Jets defense, but I think tempering expectations is probably best. I, I yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know, honestly, man, like I, do I do this again? I still have him as like a top eight quarterback this week. He's just been that good. The Jags are playing at a high level. Uh, the Jets have given up points in the past. And I, I just think that the, the Jags offense is, I just think they're in a good place right now. I know it's a road game on a short week, but I mean, I would start, I would start Trevor Lawrence. I would start Zay Jones. Like Zay Jones was incredible again. Does Zay Jones see sauce Gardner or does Christian Kirk? Uh, I think that Zay Jones is going to see a bit of sauce because Christian Kirk primarily operates out of the slot. So that would be my guess, but I don't know. They move these guys all around the formation. Like Zay Jones has played out, played out of the slot when he was in Buffalo did it a little bit when he was with the Raiders. So, I mean, they'll work these guys all around. Christian Kirk plays out wide as well sometimes. So, they'll be worked all over the formation. So, I don't think it's sauce on one. I think it's sauce on multiple. Um, and and Travis Etienne, he's going to be he's gonna be in tough again. Like, the, the, the Jets' run defense is pretty good. I don't know if they're going to get Quinn and Williams back, which would obviously make a big difference. But... Yeah, I, I think generally speaking, the usual suspects. And you are starting Evan Ingram this week. I don't care what any. I don't care what the matchup says. Evan Ingram must start. <laughs> Evan Ingram must start. Look, Matt, I uh, I can't agree with you. <laughs> I'll just you know, I'll, I'll I'll say this. I'll never start Evan Ingram as long as I live. But hey, if he at this point he is, it's like. Tight ends being what it is, the tight end landscape is just so horrible that, again, we just talked about this with Mark Andrews and and Congo for the Titans. I mean, there are not a lot of great options out there. Like you said, Njoku, who was great with Jacoby Brissett, coming back from injury now to now Watson, not so great. You know, the George Kittle can put up 20-something points against the Seahawks, who are t- terrible against tight ends. And then, uh, t- you know, what what do you expect from Kittle going forward? He could be used as a blocker, and no one would be super surprised. So, I ultimately, hey, if you have Evan Engram, even against a very tough New York Jets defense, it's probably startable. I just, I would have him in, like, the lower end of rankings this week, just because I, generally speaking, have been downgrading most people when they play the Jets defense. I almost feel like I have more confidence in the Jets defense than I do in, like, the Cowboys defense at this point. Uh, probably pretty close, yeah. Um, by the way, the only thing that came to mind when you were saying I would never start Evan Ingram was the line from Step Brothers where Will Ferrell says, I won't call him dad. Not even if there's a fire. So <laughs> show will not start Evan Ingram. Not even if there's a fire. Absolutely not. Not, not even in that <laughs> dire situation. Will I burn me too many times? I just, I, I won't do it. I just will not do it. But Hey, Hey, I wish I truly do hope that you do better with Evan Ingram than I do. Dear listeners.
listener. Uh, that's it for us here on this episode of the Fantasy Show. That's Matt Marchese. I'm Show Ali. Uh, we're back on Saturday because, of course, in a couple days it is Christmas time. So uh, because the bulk of the week 16 games are actually on Saturday and not on Sunday. We will be doing the fantasy show live across the Sportsnet radio network on Saturday. So that's when you have until to get your text line questions in on the people's text line at 590-590. But for Matt, best of luck on Thursday with the Jets-Jags game. We'll talk to you on Saturday. You've been listening to the fantasy show on the Sportsnet radio network.